submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. So is Jim Carrey and Jerry Lewis pretty much the same person, Opa? They look, it looks like Jim Carrey stole his moves. Looks like he watched him a long time and, and got that down perfect. Yep. All right. Well, hey, Skiba News Nation family. Welcome to episode 76 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about something is happening in 2024. The alien Nephilim sightings at the mall. Andrew Tate warns against Black Swan event. Julian Assange, there is no society anymore. Trump warns about Clinton. Epstein list released. Disney and Epstein connection. 
the truth about Hamas attack on Israel, the truth about masks, internet scrubbing linked to the Mandela effect, and all new Opus Corner and for history, we'll be talking about the new evidence that Charlie Manson was set up by the government and Walt Disney predicting the Disney. Now, as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. How are you? Hey, Jeremiah. Doing pretty great. Man, that was a crazy little deep fake of Jim Carrey. That was amazing. Yeah, well, Lopez said we, we've done it so often that I have to find a new deep fake every week. <laughs> wow. Who, now, who was the, the, the first gentleman that was uh, being deep faked? Jerry Lewis. He, he was uh, most known for being a comedian, and uh, he was all, always with Dean Martin. And then they, like, broke up and stuff. But he was, he was the wow. original Jim Carrey, pretty much. March of Dimes. Don't know what that means, but that's the uh, uh, where he would uh, have this twenty-four uh, uh, hour telethon. marathon telethon that he would uh, collect money for the March of Dimes. Jerry Lewis, March of Dimes. Wow. Yeah, instead of becoming Andy Kaufman, it looks like Jim Carrey became Jerry Lewis there. So yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. There's only one Andy Kaufman. I'm sorry, and he's one of my favorites. Anyways, you got some great current news for me today, Jake? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it, man. All right, so just to remember what they make you believe you need, you know, is the mansion with all the hot rods, and uh, what you actually need, you know, is like a farmstead, garden you know living outdoors away from the city centers <laughs> yep. um uh, here's an alleged quote from albert einstein there will come a time when the very rich control the media that it will be almost impossible for ordinary people to make informed decisions and so democracy would then be broken now to start us off check out this first clip of the ultimate conspiracy it oh my god <laughs> you know what that's from that's, right uh yeah that's ace ventura and that's when he finds out that einhorn is a man that wouldn't be able to come out today but i think it's so funny that you just so happened to choose to play a jim carrey clip and i also chose to start with a jim carrey clip that's so funny dude that that's how it always happens it's just destiny or Synchronicities, as uh, the bear community would say, or, you know, divine appointments, as other communities or people would say, you know. Anyways, uh, uh, so around the whole ballot uh, Trump being taken off the docket in certain states, uh, if you have to remove someone from the ballot to win, then you are what they say you are, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, so... Uh, I thought that's hilarious. Uh, there's some crazy things happening in 2024, y'all. Check out this next video. Hey, Internet friends. It's an election year, so you don't have to be a Nostradamus to predict that the circus is coming to town. Filled with tons of distractions and just the entire freak show ready and waiting. And let's just say that things have been stranger than usual in the United States, especially the for the last week or so. We've got yeah. secret tunnels exposed, cars slamming into the White House gate, hotel explosions, and even Miami monster sightings. Something strange is happening in the United States, and it's about time we asked, what are we being distracted from? 
if I missed any of the major recent happenings, just let me know. And if you want me to discuss any of these strange happenings in depth, I'll certainly do that for you. But today it's just an overview. And we'll start with the afternoon of January 8th when an illegal secret tunnel beneath the Chabad Lubavitch World Headquarters in Brooklyn, New York was like, uncovered by the NYPD, like sparking riots <laughs> and chaos. <laughs> Apparently, police discovered these tunnels about a month ago through an anonymous tip. But yesterday, a cement truck, curiously, was there to fill in the tunnels and a group of Hasidic Jewish men were arrested and they were accused of standing in said tunnels and refusing to leave, having a standoff between themselves and the officers. Of course, there are many questions about what these tunnels were used for. Footage was taken of a small soiled mattress being removed as well as a child's high chair being discovered. A lot Some of notes on Chabad, they are one of the largest Jewish networks, organizations in the world and that means they have great like international influence. So I really uh, want to emphasize like that like this wasn't some rinky-dank synagogue, it was like the, the headquarters in Brooklyn. Reports are that in recent years, work has been done to these tunnels. There have been suggestions that they were COVID congregation centers during lockdown, but that's mainly just speculation. And it's important to note that these tunnels are connected that's to That's how under they were all going to Shabbat. They are sneaking in through the drain. <laughs> <laughs> ground passageways like, of surrounding buildings Dora, and such and we really don't know <laughs> like, reports have digging tunnels into the, the synagogue so that they can uh you know do their uh do their prayers but then publish wow. stating where they lead what do y'all think about these tunnels and what do you think they've been used for around the same time the tunnel riots were happening the secret service reported that one suspect was taken into custody following a car crash that occurred on Monday evening when a car ran into the gate of the White House. What's noteworthy to me is how little detail there is on this incident. If you remember in May of 2023, I included in a video that a man drove his rented U-Haul box truck into the White House gate. We never really got any follow-up on that. But what will I will they learn that it's not going to break down? <laughs> like they're not going to break through the gate. Yeah. People keep trying to drive through it say that on the same day, January 8th, around the same time, a huge explosion occurred at the Sandman Signature Hotel in downtown Fort Worth, Texas, reportedly caused by a gas Whoa. leak. I really wonder who was staying there. It was said that the explosion could be heard from miles away. Of course, we've also got to discuss the Alaskan Airlines incident that occurred last Friday, January 5th, that involved a whole door flying off a Boeing 737 at 16,000 feet in the air. Apparently, no one was sitting in the seats closest to the door, but passengers reported oxygen masks coming down, headrests, bones, and clothing getting sucked out the door. Thankfully, the flight was grounded and landed safely. I was going to say that in the aftermath of COVID lockdowns and all these medical mandates, it's left critical sectors short-staffed, and people who would never have been hired in the first place are getting the green light, so it's, it's like a breeding ground for incompetency and error which is obviously no good when safety checks are involved. But when they set out to do the investigation on this flight, it was revealed that the voice recorder in the cockpit, which records noises from the engines and pilots' voices, was totally overwritten. So they can't hear what was said during the flight, which is pretty, it's pretty sus, pretty suspicious to me. 
A number of Boeing 737 MAX 9s have been grounded for inspection ever since, and I read somewhere that the only thing that Alaskan Airlines had done for passengers was give them free food and refund their flight. Can you imagine getting on another flight after your first one ends up with the plane door popping off and all you got in your hand is a free bag of chips from Alaskan Airlines? No thanks. Of course, yeah. we got to talk about the creatures reportedly walking around Miami. And no, I'm not like talking about lot lizards. The very large police presence responded to what they said were teenagers yes. fighting at Bayside Marketplace Mall in Miami. Which, I mean, how many police does that take to break up? Sure, we know more than a handful of officers, right? So there or was some speculation about what was actually happening. <laughs> yeah. And amateur People, footage emerged showing yeah, what appeared to be a large force, like, we're going in force. Reacher standing at the entrance of the open air mall. And a bunch of people said it was an alien or or something. Again, internet friends, I feel like I'm no fun because I really don't talk about aliens on here very much. I'll talk about some Nephilim from time to time, but I really just don't get down with all the alien talk. So do I believe that there was an alien creature at the opening of the mall. I think what is more likely is that the algorithms are pushing certain topics to the surface um, while they are bearing other topics online, just to sort of steer the discourse in a way that they want it to be steered. Well put, and lady. Given that batches of Epstein files were being released over the last week or so with court documents alleging that Jeffrey Epstein recorded tapes of Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Sir today, Richard Branson, as well as endless sordid reports of various politicians and celebrities being blackmailed on Epstein Island, I have to ask, are these sorts of things, even alien sightings, a total distraction? I feel like a broken record, but Project Bluebeam is a theory that was published back in 1994 by a Canadian investigative journalist. And he alleged that NASA and the United Nations were collaborating to bring on a new world order. And that they would do this by using their advanced technology to phase out cash, alter thinking patterns, manipulate the weather like artificially created earthquakes and even create holograms to resemble an alien invasion or the coming of Christ or Muhammad or whatever to usher in a one world religion. I know Project Bluebeam might sound out there to some, but you have to remember, lunatics are running the asylum. All right, so she gave a, a wonderful breakdown of all the current events that have happened in the past few days. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Just the connection with uh, stuff happening in 2024, I think, is significant. And um, here's, of course, you know, another realm of influencer, uh, Andrew Tate, talking about how 20, 2024 will have a black swan event. So uh, check this out. They are literally telling you what they're going to do to you. 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. We're facing the wars in Israel, also Ukraine, and we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran. And that's what concerns me most. There's gonna be a huge catastrophe that's gonna come. How do they know this? Oh, we just have this feeling. They're gonna hit you with a mass catastrophe. Something bad's gonna happen, and they're gonna come along and the only thing that the human psyche can accept the loss of freedom for is safety. Look at COVID. We will take your freedom away, but we will make you safe. They're planning to do some big false flag catastrophe specifically so that they could enslave you. And you need to start doing something right now. You can't wait to 2024. 2024 is when the big black SWAT event's gonna come. We 
don't know what they're going to do. It's down to you if you actually want to be a hero or not. If you do, you can join our team. You can join the fight. The Tate brothers have stood up against the marauding horde, picked up our swords, and we're prepared to fight to the death. It is now down to you for the rest of the people of the village to stand up and say, we're going to help them. Otherwise, it's just us dying up here on our own. You're either going to be a hero or you're going to suffer eternal slavery for the rest of your human years, and your bloodline will be obscure and uninteresting for the rest of recorded history. So are you prepared to escape? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, well. anyways, uh, it's always interesting to hear from uh, the different uh, influencers out there. You know, they uh, speak truth, but use it to build their following. But, you know, I, I'd be willing to interview, you know, one of the Tate brothers. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, when you compare a influencer and a truth teller, right, somebody who is doing, you know, supposedly good things in terms of, exposing the matrix and all this stuff you have to compare figures like andrew tate with guys like julian assange for his example uh with you know WikiLeaks and and like practically the difference of supporting one or the other so let's check out this next clip of julian assange there is no society anymore what there is is a transnational security elite that is busy carving up the world using your tax money. To combat that elite, we must not petition. We must take it over. We must form our own networks of strength and mutual value, which can challenge those strengths and self-interested values of the warmongers in this country and in others that have formed hand in hand an alliance to take money from the United States, from every NATO country, from Australia, and launder it through Afghanistan, launder it through Iraq, launder it through Somalia, launder it through Yemen, launder it through Pakistan, and wash that money in people's blood. Very wow. interesting. Now, of course, uh, I read that hashtag at the bottom for a second. I was like, wait a second. Does that say NWO or never? <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, but it's hashtag now or never, but NWO or never would have been funny. It was like the whole you know clip of Assange is actually linking back to the NWO and they're like they're like ah oh, we got all of you who are watching them we know you know <laughs> uh but anyways you know uh when, when you compare individuals it doesn't have to be an either or I mean you can take the meat and spit out the bones when it comes to in any individual it's never good to put anybody on a pedestal uh so that's why we can share many of these different figures on our broadcast uh without having to give them so-and-so uh, a pedestal to influence in other areas that we might disagree with personally, you know, their opinions on this or that. But uh, the spirit of truth, you know, the passion of pursuing after uh, reality and exposing darkness and, you know, it, it kind of helps you sift through a lot of these individuals. So that brings up this uh, next funny little tidbit of truth that Donald Trump was dropping back in 2015 about Bill Clinton. Check this out. 
Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. <laughs> uh, he, knew, he knew way before. He knew way back, you know. So, anyways, I think it's interesting seeing stuff like that. Um, and, of course, we had just in 2024, right, the Epstein list has been released. And I think the connection that woman made in the, the early, the first video, that it's uh, all this stuff happening on the news is distracting from the fact that there's some very wealthy, rich, influential people on this list. And the, uh, There were only like two them? that shocked me. There were only like two that were mainstream that I actually was like, wow. Like, wow. I didn't expect them on there, but. And uh, and this next clip is to show you whose names showed up on the list. Check this out. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Obama's like really. Obama's like really into awarding people. Oh, that I didn't know Tom Hanks was on it. Doesn't surprise me. Who's that? Oh, Barbara's vaccine. Oprah. Yeah, so uh, that's oh, a, a good majority of the mainstream people that were actually on the list or whatever. Uh, there's actually an interesting Disney uh, connection with uh, Epstein Island and uh, and people that were sent uh, to hang out with Epstein and the boys. Check this out. Little blurb update today on Epstein. It was showing a photo of him at Disney. He's sitting down at the table. Piglet's behind him. It's him and another guy sitting down, and this guy is holding this girl, like, by her <laughs> arms like this. That same girl is in another photo with Epstein. They're on the plane. She's, like, laying, she's sleeping. She's laying down, and he's holding her like this. Then, come to find out, Disney sent kids to his island for snorkeling trips for, like, nine years. Snorkeling. And, and their, cruise, their cruise ships uh, made stops at his island all the time. That's creepy. So you wonder where they sourced all their, uh, you know, victims. Man, that blows shocking. my mind. So, uh, you know, with that, we have Epstein and his Mossad intelligence agent connection that we've talked about in previous episodes, how he was working for a foreign entity and an intelligence agency to kind of get dirt on the strongest figures in American political and uh, entertainment, you know, circles so uh this goes into uh you know how this next video talks a little bit about how uh it just doesn't make sense what's happening uh between hamas and israel check this out i'm going to share with you something that keeps with my mind and the media will never tell you about i arrived in israel on august 4th to visit my family the entire country was upside down over 400,000 israelis that's five percent of the country were protesting in tel aviv and jerusalem to overthrow netanyahu and its government's effort to radically transform the judiciary in israel netanyahu and other politicians wanted to strip the supreme court of its power to overturn their decision if found unconstitutional in other words netanyahu and other politicians wanted to consolidate the power to themselves then suddenly there is a hamas attack thousands of 
people are getting killed. All the media and attention shifted to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. All Israelis stand together against the Palestinians and Netanyahu stays in power. You want to tell me that all of this happens by coincidence? I don't think so. Wow. wow. So I know we have our friend Nir Shashani living in Israel who's watching this. I wonder if he uh, would be willing to comment below the video. You know, I'm sure he might catch this episode. So uh, if he would, you know, comment on this situation, how has that been resolved? People of Israel, like the the protests that were against Netanyahu, uh, was any of that kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I guess the whole country was unified behind the war against Gaza because of the Hamas attack. And so it kind of made them forget about the political drama with Netanyahu. And, and I guess under military, you know, martial law, I guess that, you know, they can't oust a sitting politician. So I'm curious, yeah, you know, what's the situation there? But anyways, uh, this goes to, uh, you know, how, the world views our president Joe Biden is uh, sometimes it's tragic and you know check out this clip uh, and you tell me what's wrong with this video for an unprecedented package for Israel's defense this the, week the as for the reports, nobody the package will include 10 billion look, dollars in emergency look, look, assistance look. for Israel and 60 billion like dollars hold my hand the U.S. president spoke to oh Ukrainian counterpart Vladimir Zelensky well, as before the speech <laughs> Biden has also Nobody's been striking statesmen like. I mean, I wouldn't. Of course, if, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shake his hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, if they were setting it up as he's introducing Zelensky, and that's why he didn't shake their hand because they, of course, know him. I get that. So uh, it just it, the optics look funny, right? Um, yeah. It just shows like world respect towards Zelensky and kind of disregard towards. Uh, U.S. president, but of course I, I can know it could just be an optical thing. I thought he was going to try to shake hands with the teleprompter or something, like he always does. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, and, and never forget, never forget uh, the in insanity of political control that just recently happened. You know, in 2021. Check this out. Forget this moment. All about optics, right? As yep. soon as they take the, the picture with the masks on to show that they were doing it, they all come off. And, That's uh, so stupid. And they were using those tactics of subliminal mind control and fear-mongering to justify what uh, has come full circle to be a uh, almost apocalyptic medical blemish on the history of mankind. Check this next video out. Um, there was uh, a press. I was recently at a conference uh, in Romania on the crisis, and so talking there was a lot of work trying to unpack what we actually understand. And I saw a credible estimate of something like 17 million deaths uh, globally from this technology. So, 17 million deaths from the. And you know, when you scale up to billions, uh, it's not hard to reach a number like that with a technology that's dangerous. Now, to your deeper question, I think let's steel man. Just for Whoa. perspective, I mean, that's like the death toll of a global war. Yes, absolutely. 
It is, this is a, a, a great tragedy of history. So that proportion. Um, and amazingly, there is no way in which it's over. I mean, we are still apparently recommending these things for healthy children. Never stood any wow. chance of getting any benefit from every chance of suffering harms that are uh, not only serious, but tragic on the basis that children have long lives ahead of them. If you ruin a, a child's immune system uh, in youth, they have to spend the rest of their presumably shortened life in that state. So never made any sense that we were giving this to kids in the first place. The fact that we're still doing it when the emergency, to the extent there even was one, is clearly over. And... Um, when there's never been any proper justification of administering it to healthy kids. It just, you know, healthy kids don't die. Um, and the shot doesn't prevent you from catching or transmitting it. So there was, there was just literally no justification you could come up. So I, I think that's insanity to watch uh, yeah. whenever you see the facts come out and the actual numbers are reported about how uh, mass media was used to indoctrinate and push something so lethal and with adverse effects that uh, were unforeseen. And so uh, that comes to what's d being done on the internet now is a scrubbing of history, a scrubbing of the facts. And, uh, and this next video, uh, I think, is an interesting correlation between a well-known conspiracy we've even talked about on our show, Jeremiah, Huh? and uh, how it's tied to altering history. Check out this next clip. This is so scary. I have a theory that the Mandela effect is used to see how much of history can be altered in front of our eyes. Here's a prime example of one of that. There's this woman on TikTok who was going crazy because she swore the Fruit of the Loom had a cornucopia logo. And I to the point that. that even Fruit of the Loom themselves put a timeline of all their logos and it never had a cornucopia. And this woman went hard. Her therapist told her, yo, you need to chill out. You need to just drop this. So she went through all of her old clothing and lo and behold, she found a shirt with the Fruit of the Loom with the cornucopia logo on it that shows me like, yo, I think the Mandela effect is an operation that's running around right now to see how much of history can be altered right in front of our eyes without us noticing. And then they gaslight the public and be like, nope, this never happened. People are thinking about it very little. I had underwear with the cornucopia label and they were one of our customers too. And I can tell you they had it. Well, it never happened. Really? Opa. It never happened to them. And I remember it as a kid. Wow, Opa has experienced the Mandela effect. That's amazing. How does it feel, <laughs> Opa, for your first Mandela effect feeling? Uh, you feel lied to? I don't know. I mean, we've, we've been lied to for a long time, so. I'm feeling old. I blew his mind la last week for history. I, I, I think I think I kind of convinced him about the, the atomic bomb stuff. <laughs> so. Hey, uh, so, I mean, I think it's really interesting how if it's possible for them to change the world's collective opinion on tangible historical evidence that would make us all collectively think of history in one way versus another, think of how much easier it will be for them to tailor 
the historical opinion or the historical record if everything's just online and uh, all the posts all the videos if the videos are scrubbed if the posts are changed and the dates are altered or whatever uh, i mean they could literally you know 100 years from now we could look back and be like wow COVID-19 was the worst pandemic that ever happened, you know, or, or whoa, Joe Biden was, the, or whoa, Joe Biden was the best president to ever live. It's exactly, like, exactly. oh my gosh. I, I don't understand how Fruit of the Loom could say that they never had one. I <laughs> the, mean, it, it, there's you're so, experiencing it. There are so many pieces of uh, garments that they had out there with their labels on it and, and they can't get rid of them all people are just like this lady she found one i mean i i love that opa just had his mind blown by the mandela effect because yeah. the first time i learned i could not leave my room for like a week i was so like nothing is real nothing is real that's what i kept telling myself like what is real like some people think it's like alternate timeline so maybe we're just on the same timeline aha uh -huh. that's it does it have anything i have to do a practical answer for the Mandela effect and it goes like this you probably owned under underwear from a uh, like a brand ripoff where some guy in his like garage was stamping you know fruit of the loom logos on underwear rip you know uh, uh, that he was undercutting the market and he, <laughs> and that's where the logo or the saying or whatever uh it's it's from uh poor secondhand ripoffs that we then accept into our culture as the way it should have been so well let me ask so, you so this kind of my so they're sneaking it into the factories to the fruit of the loom factories too right so like it's i think it's being circulated so like it would be very easy for somebody to like sell as a a, a general uh, kind of a product manager or whatever to different wholesalers to yeah, be like, I, hey, I'll send, I'll. I was in a, uh, I was in their factory. Their factories in Puerto Rico. Oh, actually. okay. And in their oh, factory, wow. they have all of their. You know, I, I I can see all of the garments that they're making there in their factory. They're using our equipment, and I and I I know that they had the cornucopia logo on their labels that they would sew into their products oh but that's <laughs> you wow. just that's, kind of that's explained almost it. like firsthand wow well what about this i can blow your mind jake uh c3po in in star wars what color was he wasn't he gold with a silver leg uh you must know that one most people think that that C-3PO was all was all gold and all the toys are all gold even one of Lindsay's that she has up in her classroom is was all gold so I painted it silver because of the Mandela effect I mean could just be lighting but there's so many of them that it just it irritates me because oh, yeah. I feel wrong I'm a all Star the time. Wars fan so I probably knew that one a little better yeah well remember Attican as the one who actually built him and when he first and yeah. in, in episode one he didn't have any skins at all so Attican probably just got whatever he could to put on him yeah that's true you might all have right, to cut out um, my example so it don't look so stupid <laughs> <laughs> well no, you're fine um okay and uh one last thing is uh just in a, in a realm of an interesting possibility uh, here's a uh, Sunday uh, 
Sunday Cool episode talking about where the possible location of the Ark of the Covenant might be. So the story goes, the Ark of the Covenant, it's lost. Some people say it's in Ethiopia, but there's another story. Supposedly, Muhammad. Ali? No. Okay. He went, found the Ark of the Covenant, brought it back to Mecca, and buried it. Wait, that's ours. But this is where it gets weird. They were building a new mosque in Mecca in 2015, and they supposedly dug it up without knowing it was there. And as soon as they reached it, there was a giant sandstorm <gasps> that came blowing in. This crane fell, killed 100 people. Oh my gosh. And then all the people around it said that it looked like a plasma explosion shot into the sky. Oh my gosh. And then shortly after that, Creel, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, met with the Pope and supposedly grabbed the Ark of the Covenant and straight from the port in Saudi Arabia, the Russian Navy ship went straight to Antarctica. But the theory is that the Pope knew where the Ark of the Covenant was, teamed up with the Russian Orthodox Church, took the Ark of the Covenant from Mecca and placed it in Antarctica. What? That's weird. Weird stuff. Wow. Yep. So, uh, very interesting. You know, a possible uh, theory. And, of course, I've seen that video of the uh, the the person from an Antarctic engineering team who was, like, into fixing their electrical systems or whatever, exposing that the bases in Antarctica are actually well-known for, uh, you know, being able to discharge energy into the Earth. And, uh, you know, so I don't know if maybe they're using the Ark of the Covenant for like a big battery, you know, maybe. so they can wage geological warfare. <laughs> Anyways, man, that's all the news for this week. All right. Thank you, Jake, for another great current news as always. And now I want you guys to check out uh, my dad's refraction kit. So check this out. Globalist guys, these these are people who believe in the globe now. They are the ones that said, "Hey, the atmosphere really is acting like a lens," and they put a lens in front of the camera to show how it works. So I'm I'm just doing what they're doing. I'm using the same logic they're, that they're using, the same science that they're using. And uh, you know, science is all about uh, testable, observable, and repeatable data, right? So uh, to alleviate the problem of distorting the edges because the magnifying glass ring is too small and I got these plastic magnifying sheets and came up with another way of doing the same thing using the sheet right here set the city up a little cut out of the city and now I've got the big magnifying glass sheet bring the camera right up to the lens see that's the normal view of the city now let's back up again the science is the same of that of a lens here's a simple example so if you're looking at at uh, Chicago here the atmosphere really is like acting like a lens yes atmosphere really is acting like a lens and this is how much of the city is missing due to the lensing effect the magnification of the atmosphere you're missing you know a good portion of the city just by pulling my iPhone back on a three foot long desk that's how much I lost of the city and as with uh, any scientific experiment you always try to improve upon what you did before so uh, I got some foam core made a little housing for the uh, magnifying sheet and pasted the city on the back there and I made it as two separate pieces so that I could uh, flex it as necessary because I think that there are different types of atmospheric conditions that would al allow for more magnification versus less magnification just go out into a field, something like this, this nice flat field out by my apartment complex. Lower your iPhone to the ground to simulate us because we're really small on this massively large plane, right? Straight horizontal plane. Then go ahead and walk away from your camera on this flat horizontal plane. And just for the fun of it, let's go ahead and bring the city in here. 
and I'll try to keep my head right between those two buildings right there. And I'm going to pull the city along on this flat, straight, horizontal plane, pulling the city, pulling the city far away, and just simply due to perspective lines. Look at what we end up with, boys and girls. Amazing, isn't it? Now let's bring the water line in to simulate uh, water instead of grass and get rid of the background there with some sky. Now let's slide our little city over here, put the big city back in, and, well, just due to perspective lines, this is how much of the city magically disappeared. So based on what we've just seen here, apparently all you either need is atmospheric magnification, refraction, or perspective lines. Either one or all three can easily account for the obscuring of the lower parts of cities and ships for that matter with no need of coverture whatsoever. But uh, just as sort of a bonus round, if perspective works for ships and for cities, I guess it would work the same for the sun too. So maybe this explains sunrise and sunset on the flat earth. Works the same way, perspective. Pretending my face is the sun. There you go. It's not rocket science. You don't get to pick the anomalies that seem to agree with your views and ignore the common observations that don't and still call yourself an honest investigator. That is intellectually dishonest. So get yourself a refraction kit today where you can prove that the Earth is flat from the safety of your living room. And uh, I'd also like to say, um, if you still want to get my dad's books and his bundles, my girlfriend and I are still running the shop. So check out BabylonRisingBooks.com if you want some of his material. So it's about that time for an all-new Oppa's Corner. Take it away, Oppa. Well, welcome to another Opa's Corner. So, let's get started. My boss was honest with me today. He pulled up to work with his awesome new car this morning, and I complimented him on it. He replied, Well, if you work hard, set goals, stay determined, and put in long hours, I can get an even better one next year. <laughs> the wife and I took a long, leisurely drive out to the country and pulled over to fill up our car's gas tank and tires. She was surprised to see that the station had a fee to fill the tires. Why in the world would they charge for air? Inflation. <laughs> Tim decided to tie the knot with his longtime girlfriend. One evening after the honeymoon, he was organizing his golfing equipment. His wife was standing nearby watching him. After a long period of silence, she finally speaks. Tim, I've been thinking, now that we're married, maybe it's time you should quit golfing. 
You spend so much time on the course. You could probably get a good price for your clubs. Tim gets this horrified look on his face. Darling, what's wrong? For a minute there, you were beginning to sound like my ex-wife. Ex-wife? I didn't know you were married before. I wasn't. <laughs> a guy asks a lawyer about his fees. I charge $50 for three questions. That's awful steep, isn't it? Yes, uh, I suppose so. Now, what's your final question? <laughs> One day, Max went to see Carl. Carl had a big, swollen nose. Whoa! What happened, Carl? I sniffed a bros. What? There's no B in bros. There wasn't this one. <laughs> My nagging wife suddenly died on a trip to Jerusalem. The funeral director said, Sir, it cost about $45,000 if we sent her home back to the States, or $500 if we buried her here in Jerusalem. Ship her home. But sir, why don't you bury her here in the Holy Land and you can save money? A long time ago, a man was buried here and three days later he rose from the dead. I can't take that chance. <laughs> a husband and wife at custody court. The judge looks sternly at the ex-wife. And why do you think you deserve custody of the child? I brought him into the world, so I should have custody of him. Well, that's simple, yet a good reason. Then the judge looks toward the ex-husband. Why do you think you deserve custody of the child, sir? The ex-husband thought long and hard about his response. After a brief moment of silence, he replies, if I put money into a Pepsi machine, and a Pepsi comes out, is it mine or the machine's? <laughs> a tough old cowboy from Texas counseled his granddaughter that if she wanted to live a long life, the secret was to sprinkle a pinch of gunpowder on her oatmeal every morning. The granddaughter did this religiously until the age of 103, when she died. She left behind 14 children, 30 grandchildren, 45 great-grandchildren, 25 great-great-grandchildren, and a 40-foot hole where the crematorium used to be. <laughs> During a recent password audit, it was found that a blonde was using the following password. Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Huey, Louie, Dewey, Donald, Goofy, Sacramento. When asked why such a long password, she said that she was told that it had to be at least eight characters long and include at least one capital. <laughs>
And now for the funnies. <laughs> we were worried when you didn't show up at the park. <laughs> These noise-canceling headphones are the best. They'll block out fireworks, but you'll still be able to hear your human say, Good boy! <laughs> I'll take them! <laughs> Randy, just sit down, eat your cereal, and look for that thing later. Meaties, free kid inside. <laughs> Uses for fruitcake, number 183. Put it halfway up your bird feeder to keep squirrels away. <laughs> and here we are in Times Square, 1158. The crowd is gathered for the traditional bowl drop. <laughs> yep. Pinocchio in his later years. Well, what sort of garbage are you filling these kids' heads with this time? <laughs> Monday night in the woods. The deer fakes left, and now he's going wide. Oh, he took a hit, but he's still on his feet. Now he's swinging to, he's down. They got him! They got him! The hunt is over! <laughs> Resolutions. Bark less. Wag more. Be nicer to the cat. Uh, I should probably be more realistic. <laughs> Hey, this could be the chief. <laughs> he stood there, unflinching, tall and silent as always. But as Gus soon found out, this outward calm belied the Widowmaker's reputation. So, you're the mighty oak I've been hearing about. Well, you don't look so mighty to me. <laughs> and I suppose you think this is a dream come true? <laughs> Hold still. I have to get a photo to show you were delivered. <laughs> Silent fart, <laughs> deadly fart, nasty stench, work of art. <laughs> All my humans say it smells so bad. 
I get no blame, they think it's from dad. Time to get the frobries. <laughs> They'll need a lot of frobries. <laughs> <laughs> Cat personal trainers. That's right now. Turn around and lie down, then stretch out so that you're pressing every key at once. <laughs> yep. I tell you, she's driving me nuts. I come home at night and it's quack, quack, quack. I get up in the morning and it's quack, quack, quack. <laughs> Jurassic parking. <laughs> Give me a hand here, Anna. I got into a nest of wiener dogs over on Fifth and Maple. <laughs> This is an intervention. We know you have dozens of catnip toys hidden around the house. <laughs> wait, 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 I, 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 I'm confused. Bob, you're the one who's claiming your Siamese twin, Frank, changes into a werewolf every full moon? <laughs> I just spent 30 minutes on the treadmill. But you never turned it on. <laughs> A government study just released today showed that nobody can stop the government from wasting money on new government studies. <laughs> Gesundheit! <laughs> A nice one! <laughs> An impressionable moment in the childhood of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Chief say, oh yeah, your horse ugly. <laughs> Clark's mother. Here it is again, William. Front page. Lewis and Clark expedition declared a success. See what I mean? His name is always first. I tell you, son, if you don't do something about this now, you'll be playing second fiddle in the history books. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. I was just talking to him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. 
Epic Bible Misquotes. Take this, Job, and shove it. <laughs> hey, Barry, in the back row, new kid. <laughs> That's right! You can be frozen and come back! <laughs> Deep thoughts from Charlie. Life's too short to worry about matching socks. <laughs> and that concludes another Opa's Corner. <laughs> Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you, Opa, for another great Opa's Corner. And now a word from our good friend and sponsor, JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com, and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920 382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. Thank you, JJ. You're a lifesaver. All right, well, it's time for some history. So this week for history, we're going to be talking about Charlie. And no, not this beautiful little baby right here. We're going to be talking about this Charlie again. Oh, upside down. Anyways, so we're going to be talking about some new evidence that I found that I, I couldn't help but share with you guys. But before we get into that new evidence, I want to kind of do a quick recap of what we know about the official story of Charlie Manson. So let's play that first clip. Tonight, two Canadians who feel the past 20 years of their lives were damaged by the CIA tell their stories publicly for the first time. They believe they were part of a CIA project called MKUltra. Here's a flashback that no one really expected. Imagine your mother on an acid trip. I'm talking June Cleaver on LSD. Everything is in color and, and I can feel the air. I can, I can see it. I can see all the molecules. Until Charlie's out. Looks like that will be never. He'll be out. All the people will be out. What makes you so sure? Angela Davis will be out. Bobby Seale will be out. There's a revolution. We'll be here. Would you expect this revolution? Did you expect this verdict? The revolution. What do you mean by a revolution? 
A bloody revolution. Probably one of the most infamous cult leaders of all time. His story has spawned numerous TV shows, books, and movies in the last 50 years. Most people have heard about the story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. Like most people in his profile, Charlie didn't have a great childhood. He had an absent father and had a mother that was in and out of prison. Manson never had a stable home and spent a lot of his time getting into trouble. Charlie Manson was basically just sort of a two-bit criminal who had spent most of his life inside the system, had been incarcerated for, what, half of his life, something like half that? Half of his life when he was released about age 32 and 67, all federal institutions too, which was interesting. This was one of the first strange things about the Manson story. The amount of times he broke parole, got into trouble, should have landed him many more years in prison. Yet, for some reason, he kept getting out. And they allowed Charles Manson over and over and over again to get out of jail. Yeah. They knew that he was committing all these crimes, and instead of incarcerating well, we have to be him... be careful when we say they. A real turning point in my reporting was after I got access to Manson's parole file, this record, a pretty substantial record, I took it to someone named Louis Wachneck, who was a retired judge. I brought the documents to him, we laid them all out, and he's looking at all the documents, and he's seeing this pattern of catch-release, catch-release, and he's going, chicken, chicken, this is all chicken. He goes, he should, he should have gone back the first time they wanted him out. He said he, he was more important to somebody out than in. He goes, you've got to find out who it was. It was around this time where Charlie created the family. He used his charm to gather a group, mostly of young women, who were seen as free-spirited hippies and a few men who idolized his so-called forward thinking. And he had the answers for as twisted as it all got. You know, I really think that I felt that I had met someone that by being around him would have a positive change. The original story goes that Manson believed that there was going to be a race war. And he wanted to incite this race war because he had convinced his followers that through messages he received from the Beatles' White Album, from their lyrics, from biblical uh, Old Testament prophecies, that um, he had been told that he was going to be the savior of the world. And once the race war started, he would hide his family in a bottomless pit in the desert. And when the race war ended with the blacks winning, the blacks would be framed for, for murders. The Manson family would emerge and repopulate the planet with their perfect offspring and dominate the blacks. In his so-called helter-skelter theory. The first use of the term helter-skelter came from the song with the same name in the Beatles' White Album. It referred to the British amusement park ride, but Manson interpreted it as a concern with the war. Later, the family would relocate and live rent-free on and near the Spawn Ranch. Manson had dreamed since he was young of becoming a famous musician. Supposedly, Terry Melcher, a record producer, turned down Manson for a shot at producing an album. Some of the Manson girls have testified that Charlie was extremely upset with Melcher. Manson even visited the home of Melcher in 1969, only to find out that he had moved. The occupants at 10050 Silo Drive was the pregnant and up-and-coming actress Sharon Tate and her husband, the movie director, Roman Polanski. Roman did a lot of bad stuff to Sharon. Yeah, he seemed like a terrible person. He was pretty bad, yeah. Well, what you, when you hear what he did, what, the reason why he can never come back to the country, you go, well, okay. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's not it's, that surprising. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a monster I, that's really good at making movies. Yeah. On the night of August 9th, 1969, inside that house was Sharon Tate, hairstylist Jay Sebring, the wealthy Abigail Folger, the daughter of Peter Folger, that Folger. Folger's Coffee, mountain grown for richer flavor. And aspiring screenwriter Wojtek Rykowski. Atkins wrote Pig on the front door in Tate's blood. The next night, the four murderers plus Leslie Van Houten and Steve Rogan took 3301 Waverly Drive, the home of Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. Prenwinkle wrote Rise and Death to Pigs on the walls and Helter Skelter on the refrigerator door, all in the LaBianca's blood.
So this is what we learned about the Manson case uh, in the past when we covered it on Skiba News Nation. But there's a big connection with MKUltra showing that there's a lot more to the official narrative and the official story that was presented to us by the mainstream media. And there's actually a Jack Ruby and JFK connection. And that's what we're going to be recapping in this next one. So let's check it out. Charlie and his followers would be arrested and be sentenced in one of the most strange trials of all time. Those arrested are two women and one man, and the Los Angeles police said they would ask murder indictments against several others. Five women are being held as material witnesses. The reasoning for these murders had seemed to be more or less done and dusted. After Helter Skelter, a book by Vincent Bugliosi, was released in 1974, it seemed that all the details were covered regarding the Manson family and the murders. But then, investigative reporter named Tom O'Neill saw more to the story. And after a 20-year-long up-and-down journey, he would release in 2019 a book that turns the Manson murders completely upside down. Something that always has creeped me out was the CIA project known as MKUltra. The American Intelligence Agency had paid for a series of brainwashing experiments under a project codenamed MKUltra. The tests were conducted in secret in the United States and in Canada at a mental hospital attached to McGill University. Experimental drugs, including LSD, were administered to human guinea pigs. The patients were never told that their treatment was part of a CIA experiment. Hundreds of people being tortured without any consent is something that sounds straight out of a movie. When MKUltra ended in the 1960s, other secret projects would follow. But what does all of this have to do with Manson? Can I make a summary just for people who are like, what the is going on right now. Essentially, what you're saying is that Charles Manson was a part of some sort of a program. Yes. And that through this program, they were using him and using with LSD and all the members of the family, they were turning them violent. What I've proven is that he was getting leniency from the federal government. The person who represented the federal government there was his parole officer, Roger Smith, a federal parole officer. Roger was also doing drug research at the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic. This was an apartment that was decked out to look like a communal hippie place. He had six graduate students. He goes, grow your hair long, wear jeans, dress like hippies, and lure people in there. I knew that everybody that worked there, because I interviewed everybody that was alive, they all said, oh yeah, we knew it was Charlie and the girls. They come in every day or every few days to see Roger. Manson, during that period, turned into the Manson that were familiar with today, you know, the monster, the embodiment of evil, as Vince Bugliosi called him. So if Smith was a part of these experiments, and if Smith was also his parole officer and did know him before he did the seven years before he got out, which is when it's speculated that Manson was possibly experimented on, and Smith might have been aware of the entire process of it and was supervising him upon his release. Yeah. yeah. So that's why Every time Manson got arrested, which should have just locked him up, they would just let him go. Everything surrounding Manson doesn't make any sense. There are a lot of strange ties between Manson and the doctors who did this type of testing. MKUltra began in the, in the federal prisons experiments on prisoners. Their main objective was to get people to go and commit an act of murder against their moral code and have no memory of their programming. Manson was in the prime place where the experiments were occurring in prisons before he was released. Well, you don't see it, but the only truth is now. Now is the only thing that's real. Dr. David Smith, who founded the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic, he had given an office to a scientist named Jolly West, Louis 
Jay West, who was, when, when the hearings occurred in the 70s, identified as a top MKUltra researcher. He was an academic. He denied ever being involved in MKUltra. I have all these letters between him and the guy who was running the program describing how they're going to do it, hide it from his colleagues. Everything that he had been accused of and denied, he did. Not only did he do it, he created the blueprint. He also had been the psychologist for Jack Ruby. November 25th, 1963 is a day that went down in infamy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You'll excuse the fact that I'm out of breath, but about 10 or 15 minutes ago, a tragic thing from all indications at this point has happened in the city of Dallas. Let me quote to you this. President Kennedy and Governor John Colony have been cut down by assassin's bullets in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile when the shots were fired. The president, his limp body carried in the arms of his wife, Jacqueline, has rushed to Parkland Hospital. Once Oswald was arrested, if there was a conspiracy, you definitely didn't want him to testify. Enter Jack Ruby. Jolly West inserted himself into the Ruby case after Ruby was convicted of shooting and killing Oswald. Before he was going to testify to the Warren Commission, he had never testified at his trial about why he, he killed Oswald. His defense argument was that uh, he had epilepsy and he had had an epileptic fit and shot him and was amnesic of, of, the, of the, the shooting. Holy shit. Yeah, so I mean, that fits right into the narrative like a key. Well, this gets better. So West inserts himself into the case, gets assigned, goes to the Dallas County Jail to examine Ruby in preparation for a psychiatric review, emerges from the county jail and there's press waiting for him. And he announces that within the preceding 48 hours, Ruby had had an, uh, a psychotic break. He couldn't return to sanity. He had audio and visual hallucinations. During the exam, he said Ruby hid under a table because he thought there were people in the room trying to kill him, told Wes that he could hear children's screams outside his jail cell as they were boiled alive, and Wes said he's completely insane. I mean, there was no evidence of Ruby being mentally ill prior to Wes's exam. Wes was alone with him in the cell and then treated him for about six months. Wes, that was one of his objectives uh, in his MKUltra research was to make people induce insanity without a person's awareness. In one of the biggest trials in American history, the shooter of a president who had a lot of enemies gets murdered before he can testify before trial by a random man with mob connections who also happened to have one of the biggest psychiatrists in the MKUltra project. You're telling me that this was all a big coincidence? How stupid are we? Breaking news, Charles Manson, the infamous cult leader who led a string of murders in the 1960s, is dead. ABC's Lindsay Davis is here with the latest details. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning to you, Robin. He was sentenced to death 46 years ago. But just months after that sentence, California's Supreme Court declared the death penalty unconstitutional, prolonging the life of one of the most reviled men in American pop culture. And overnight, at 83 years old, Charles Manson died of natural causes. Helter Skelter is still the best-selling true crime novel of all time even with lots of its information being incorrect. So the Manson prosecutor, Vincent Bugliosi, was the one who made up the Helter Skelter theory. He wrote a best-selling book called Helter Skelter, and the media takes that as gospel, and I want to know why. Why? But now we're going to get to the good stuff, and the good stuff is the new evidence. And uh, kind of want to let it just speak for itself, and I think it might blow your mind. Jake, and I hope it does, and to you guys at home. So let's play this clip. Manson has never admitted giving the orders to his followers to commit murder. Uh, he told me that he could understand that 
They might have wanted to please him, but he never commanded them to do anything like that. And I think it is very possible that he's telling the truth about that. Very possible that he's telling the truth about that. This man was not guilty of murdering my daughter. That's Sharon okay? Tate's mom. Um, of, of all the seven murders that I know of, he did not commit one of them. All right. I feel that he has taken the blame for all of them. And the ones that should be blamed for is Tex Watson and Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel. What do you think of Sharon Tate's mom attending all of your parole hearings? Well, Sharon Tate's mom has never attended my parole hearings, and she knows I didn't have anything to do with killing her, her husband. That, that's not right, is it, Paul? It's not what she goes to Tex. Who's the one Tex took responsibility for that, man. You read his book? He said he did that. He said he did it because he thought that's what I wanted him to do. And I hope in no way that I've, that I've in any way I've given the impression that I'm trying to blame anything on my parents or blame anything on drugs or blame anything on rock music or blame anything on Manson because I do take complete responsibility. In 2008, Vincent Bugliosi, who was of course the lead prosecutor, you know, the helter-skelter dude, was doing a morning show at the time and came in, sat down, and as we went right, you know, live, I said, by the way, I want to get something out of the way. Charles Manson never killed anybody. He went berserk. He said, Hitler never killed anybody. I said, you're comparing Charles Manson to Hitler? The Nazi army? Stuka dive bombers? The, the SS? What? You're Hitler? He never killed anybody. He was a great salesman. It occurred to me. You know, I'm kind of on to something. I said, he never killed anybody. He just told people. He's a hell of a salesman. It's like people who convince people to be kamikaze pilots. So anyway, as I did this, Bugliosi went berserk. He said, don't you understand? He told these people to do it. I said, told him. I said, hey, Vince, go out and rob a bank. Bring me the money. Go right now, go, rob a bank, bring me the money. Now go, I'll, I'll stop the interview. He said, I said, now if you do that, if you do that, I'm supposed to be charged with robbery? Do you feel any responsibility for what happened that night? None. You feel no remorse for what happened that remorse. night? How am I gonna feel remorse? What am I supposed to feel remorse about? Everyone says, you feel no remorse. I said, can't you understand I'm not guilty of anything? And they said, well, are you supposed to feel remorse? I'm supposed to feel remorse because you don't understand, because you're twisted in your brain. You know, in other words, someone comes in and says, you were in New York City last night. You said, no, I wouldn't. And they said, well, don't you feel bad about it? You should feel bad about what? Said, people that happened in New York City. Man, I wasn't in New York City. I wasn't there. I was in San Diego in bed with some broad I met in Big Sur. I didn't have no family. I had a motorcycle, a sleeping bag, and a guitar guy. I just got out of the penitentiary. I haven't been out of jail long enough to, to uh, they say, well, you got our kids to do this, knock you out. You had your kids to do that. Your kids were doing that before I got out of the penitentiary. I just got out of jail. Can't you understand that? You know, you tell the people something and they've got their minds made up a certain way. You dig what I'm saying? And you tell them something and they just don't know. What am I supposed to feel remorse about? Do you feel remorse that every day of my life you've tormented me with these idiots that you got holding me down? That you beat me and knocked my jaw out, you forced me medication, you drugged me, you drugged me up down hallways, you hit my head on every chopping block in the state of California. You poisoned me, you've done everything, I've puked blood for months and days, man, you've done everything you could do to get me killed, and then you turn around and ask me, do I have any remorse? If I had the right to do to you what you've been doing to me, then that gives me the right to do anything I want to, anyone I want to do it to. Can you see now? Well, you better give me my rights. That's a statement of facts, Mr. Manson. As they've been presented to you. That's correct. Yes, sir. Did you want to tell us your side of this? 
of what was happening. I just was released from McNeil Island, and I was in Mexico City prison before that, and I was in Turtle Island before that, so I really wasn't up on the 60s as much as you all make me out to be. Uh, I had just got out of prison. Most of those people, I, like Castavia and I knew her two weeks. I had seen her two or three times around the ranch. I had never even been with the broad man that much, you know. Okay. It, you know, I kind of anticipated uh, what you were going to say because you've been saying the same thing for 20 years. All right. This has grown so much that the people living in my life have moved in with uniforms and penitentiaries. They've built whole penitentiaries in the fear that they've generated off of this case. So the public can feel safe against this monster, we're going to charge you $200 million to build another set of penitentiaries. Yes, ma'am. So people living in my life, they don't care whether I broke the law or not. They'll make up a lot of things and sell a lot of books, 58 of them to be exact, and billions of dollars have been made, and it's okay if I have to spend my life in prison. Let me finish. Just to hold me, because I've shown you some strong strength, and I haven't surrendered to to this by by copying out to yours or telling tales on someone else or playing weak you've medicated me you've burnt me you have beat me you've stabbed me you've done everything you can do to me and i'm still here and you're still going to have to face the truth about this case sooner or later if not here in the street do you have remorse mr manson do you feel any remorse for the victims whatsoever now we reach an impasse here man we're in pawn four, bishop four to seven. Let's see. How do I finesse that? You say in your minds that I'm guilty of everything that you've got on paper. So therefore, it would run logic that I would need to have remorse for what you think is reality. And if that be true, then all the ocean's contents if it were my tears, there would not be enough to express the remorse I have right. for the sadness of that world that you people live in. Okay. But I don't have, uh, I, on the other side of that, I asked you back the same thing. You know, you've been using me ever since I was 10 years old. They used to beat me with leather straps, you know. It's like, does anyone have any remorse that I've spent uh, 23 years in a solitary cell and even on devil's island you didn't keep anyone over five years you broke every record that they've ever set in the planet earth you only kept christ on the cross three days mr manson i think you answered the question do you do you have a, still have a family per se the type of the family you had at the time of the crimes do you uh, still have a family uh, family uh-huh that's another one of the district attorneys. Uh, see, when they set that case into the paperwork to make it real, they had to get catch little words so they could turn all that in and make it into a reality. Uh, hippie cult leader is a word that they used. Uh, Let's go ahead, Mr. Manson, with your closing statement regarding suitability. You want to you limit me to suitability? I'll let you uh, ramble a little bit, but I'd like you to stick to suitability. Is that what you call it, rambling? Well, no, I, I don't, didn't mean it that way. I will allow you to talk about you, what you would like to talk about as long as, as long as you don't stray too far from suitability, please. As long as I don't say anything, it's okay if I talk. No, by the way. Charles Manson never killed anybody. What about Helter Skelter? That's the district attorney's illusion. That's his trick. That's a reflection of his fear, his sex paranoia, all the games that but he won that reality for you guys when he said i versus the people versus the people that he represented he won helter skelter as a reality for those people but that's got nothing to do with me 
Elvis Skelton was a nightclub in the desert. That's where I run a poker game, and I shoot dice. And I make money, and I ride around and do buggies. It's funny, they say, you're going to the desert. I said, I was going to the desert? I said, Ellie's in the middle of the desert. What's wrong with you, dummy? You say, you're going to the desert? How can I be going to where I'm, I'm in a conspiracy to go to where I'm standing? You know, it doesn't make any sense, man. I mean, it makes sense to you people. Helter Skelter is just simple... Uh, just confusion. This man was not guilty of murdering my daughter. Did he tell him the truth about that? What did your followers do? I didn't have any followers. What I had some friends. What did your friends do? They did whatever they had to do. And what was that? Whatever that was. Did any of your friends kill people? Sure. Who did they kill? They killed lots of people. Did they kill Sharon Tate and the people that night? Uh, I imagine so. If they said they did, they did. Did you tell them to? No. Are you ever in contact with any other members of the so-called Manson family, your friends? The Manson family was a music group. The music group I had was called the Family Jams. And all the girls sang in the music group. And all the guys played in the music group. It had nothing to do with the cult. And the Manson family was a music group. The music group I had was called the Family Jams. And all the girls sang in the music group. And all the guys played in the music group. It had nothing to do with a cult. It was a music group. So could you imagine living on a commune with people who see you as, you know, a leader or somebody who's, you know, who they respect and one of these people killed somebody without your knowledge and the law blamed you for the murder because you were the one that they respected or looked up to or whatever you want to say. I mean, there is no evidence of him being at the crime scenes. He wasn't anywhere near the crime scenes and you have to have evidence to convict somebody, but I guess you don't. Uh, they ignored Sharon Tate's mom, who I didn't know this, was an advocate for Charlie Manson. Why do you think I haven't known that? It's because the media wants to stick with their boogeyman story, with their Charlie was a, was a cult leader, and, and he wasn't, and they made him seem crazy with, with all the videos and stuff. Every question they ask him, they cut out some things, they frankenbite it is what I call it. But, um, so that's all I got for the new evidence. I want to hear your thoughts about it, Jake. Oh, I think it's a very interesting connection showing the legal system and how they treat people based on the pseudo-documented paper man. And, you know, he kept repeating. He's like, so you guys say I am the person on the paper, mm -hmm. but I don't say that I'm that. You know, and so, like, it, it's a really interesting legalese uh, exhibit. And I think uh, the connection with him and MK Ultra and mind control and the whole concept of acid being used to make people look crazy and and you know the whole the whole situation to me points to the government's fingers and their experiments in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine living on a on a commune or whatever you call it with a bunch of friends? One of your friends goes and kills somebody, and they blame you. Wouldn't that be crazy? It's a crazy it thing to put crazy. yourself in his shoes. I, I mean, yeah. I I would be interested in if anybody knows or if you could find this out, Jeremiah. Could you find out what specific biblical prophecy uh, that Manson was associating himself with when it came to 
his, you know, eschatology and end times beliefs. So, like, where what what Bible verses was he actually preaching to people or singing about? That's well, kind of what I'm curious. And that that's the hard thing is because the prosecution presents one thing and Charlie and his followers present another thing. So I'll find it out and I'll, I'll let you know. But it's just very interesting that people are just willing to run with this story. And like, if you look up serial killer on any platform, Charles Manson will, will pop up. One, he wasn't a serial killer. A serial killer means you kill more than two people at different times. And neither was he, he, he wasn't a mass killer either because he, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't there. It's <laughs> just no connection. Doesn't matter what his religious beliefs are, in my opinion. They used him as a vessel to use as an example to scapegoat him and just make him seem like a crazy person. America needed a bad guy. I want to know what was happening politically during that time because I'm sure it has a lot to do with it, just like today, just like the current news. They hide stuff. You know, they show you the the what's happening with aliens while they're doing other stuff over here. And they're like, don't look at this. So they're trying to create a boogeyman. Those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Opa? I think he has a good argument. The fact that, uh, you know, he, he wasn't there, but according to the court, he was. So, I mean, what's on the paper, what's what he's been convicted of, that's the truth regardless of whether it was or not and a lot of a lot of uh yeah. people have, that have been convicted of things in the past have recently been exonerated. exonerated yeah exonerated there's no dna they even tried to test it recently like at years after i mean he's he's dead and gone so he can't be released but one of the women that actually did the killing is out today so everybody run that's a that's a true statement leslie van houten so Wow. And she, she was a, a speaker for the prosecution. But yeah, that's all I got for the new Manson evidence. But the next thing I want to show you guys is a recently discovered clip from the Walt Disney Company, the Walt Disney Archives. And it's of Walt Disney predicting what would happen in the year 2023 because the company was created in 1923. But these were his predictions. And I want to get your feedback. So check this out. Good evening, friends. You know, I founded this company, oh, way back now in 1923. If you find people would indulge me, I'd like to fondly imagine what it might look like on its 100th anniversary in the distant year 2023. I'd give anything to be there with you. And incidentally, have a handkerchief ready. It's a wistful and, and romantic notion, I suppose, but I dream of superheroes running around wearing brightly colored spandex. I hope that by 2023, my Disney studio will produce a new Snow White, a very special kind of motion picture, one of which we're very proud, which will deconstruct the old fairy tale with romantic notions being shunted aside and uh, Snow White's dwarves being replaced by magical people and flaky uh, socio-cultural prevailing attitudes and the message. Well, I suppose you can't blame a, a fond old man for dreaming wholesome family values and romance that have stood as a cornerstone of my company will i can only hope be uh, jettisoned in favor of characters who are strangely oh uh, sexless who uh, don't become involved in relationships uh, it's my fervent wish that the the indulgent writers of these characters uh, assemble a film that uh, alienates great swathes of the nation and ultimately sucks balls to such an extent <laughs> that it 
loses my company a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> Why, it is my most cherished hope that a new version of the beloved Little Mermaid, a real Disney favorite, will include a musical number by a squawking, spluttering woman who sounds like she is mentally deranged. A song that sucks so much it were if the torture suction device affixed to the eyes in Saw X had instead been attached to society's collective rectum and placed on turbo, causing a catastrophic colonic hemorrhage. In the far-off times, decades hence, I would be delighted if my Disney company produced a kid's flick featuring a first non-binary character to instill in impressionable boys and girls the charming notion that they too could embrace the idea of being non-binary and gender fluid. Uh, my hope uh, would be that my company would herald the studio's 100th anniversary celebration by ditching the wholesome earnest family values and trademark charm in favor of a hopelessly complex and abstract premise with a tangle of other in-universe rules destined to bore and confuse little children and falling flat at the box office. I envisage my company overseeing a space adventure film franchise that gets spun off into so many movies and shows it sinks to the level of including a gargantuan, fat-assed, flute-playing R&B <laughs> singer who has a reputation for haranguing and fat-shaming her backup dancers. Uh, fingers crossed that uh, in the future my theme park might include a Star Cruiser hotel that will require decent folk to shell out thousands of dollars to have the simulated experience of being human trafficked by uh, being ushered into a panel van, uh, which is ostensibly a space shuttle, and taken uh, to their small windowless bedroom in a hotel. In keeping uh, with the time-honored verities of my company, I can only hope that a future film version of the beloved Peter Pan will feature Wendy punching Peter out like a, like a bitch. <laughs> For my company's vision to be brought to fruition in distant years hence, I would envision the pointless resurrection of a show about a valiant little person uh, used as a vehicle for Los Angeles scriptwriters uh, to flaunt the sexual awakening of a ginger-haired girl uh, under the seduction of a plucky established lesbian. And the two of them lesbianizing as irrepressible lesbites uh, in lesbicious fashion, <laughs> while a narrative about spells and quests progresses <laughs> oh in tandem God. without overshadowing the lesbotic tendencies of the provides a romantic and optimistic core to the story. My, oh my, what a wonderful future lies in wait. What I started way back in 1923 is bound to receive its greatest realization and apotheosis a century on in the distant future of 2023. One thing I can be sure of, the custodians of Disney in the future will take the values that I hold dear and express them in wholesome, engaging, and above all, original films and shows uh, the whole world is bound to love. I'd give anything to be there with you. So there you have it. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jake? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was terrible, man. I can't, but, okay, that's, it was funny, it was funny. It would have been, that he would have been so pissed about what's happened to his company. How they turned how Disney they had what it is. because he wanted it to be for for children that you know he believed in morals today's or company, so disney has told us well all the know, i have collections all we know <laughs> well me and opa have like uh these collectible dvd sets of because he used to watch uh walt disney on tv he had a whole tv show but his main thing was you know families he wants to be, be have a place for families to go together 
And it was all about families and all about, you know, conservative uh, beliefs. And just to see what's, what's happened to it, if he had a grave, which he, he was cremated, but he'd be turning in his grave seeing what's happening right now. And it's such a wow. shame. And I used to love that company, and I hope they can change it. But at this point, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Opa? When you wish upon a star. Oh, there it goes. And <laughs> his wishes come true. Yep. Wow. They sure do. So that concludes my history segment. I hope we can keep that in there. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I know we both got some memes for everybody today. So let's meme us up. I know All you're right. a little younger than I am. I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro, Negro leagues went on to become Negro. Negro. How about you kick us off there, Jeremiah, with your memes? All right, we'll do. So I found these funny, but I, I mean, I have a very dark sense of humor. Me and my girlfriend do. She helped me find these. So let's pull up the first one. So it says, Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell being personally blessed by the Pope. Well, great. Now people are going to associate the Catholic Church with pedophiles. <laughs> and then this next one. Stingray that killed Steve Irwin found dead in his prison cell from an apparent suicide. <laughs> Those are my two. I could have had a lot more, but... Uh... Oh, there's Opa. Oh, Fruit <laughs> of the Loom? What? I see... Oh, okay. All right. There's some questions that need to be answered there at Fruit oh. of the Loom headquarters. I didn't know he even had all these. And I was wrong. It wasn't Puerto Rico. It actually was in Honduras where I was. Uh, uh, Haynes is in Puerto Rico, but the Fruit of the Loom that uh, I went to was in Honduras. So there's a definite conspiracy there for sure. Because oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody's blaming the Mandela effect, and, and if Opa has proof, I mean, he was there, he could tell us. So, all right, those are my, my yeah. couple memes. <laughs> all right, so check this out, guys. We have a bunch of memes this week. I'm going to speed through them. All right, uh, little dude looks like he's about to make fishing great again. Yes. Yes, make we're fishing, make fishing great again. Great again. <laughs> All right, they told me it wasn't loaded. It's going to take you a second looking at this picture to figure out what it's talking about. If you look here closely, <laughs> it's, a tank? it's a truck pulling a tank. <laughs> the, oh, my the truck's God. blown to shreds. I really hope that's a All fake right, photo. <laughs> uh, here's a redneck shell. Ooh, I like that. It's Being a, a redneck. Cool mm -hmm. yes, yep. Uh, uh, grateful my order of bubble wrap came safely packed with extra protective air pillows. <laughs> All right. Uh, a propeller is just a big fan in front of the plane. Keep it cool. When it stops, you can actually see the pilot start sweating. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'd love to learn to fly a plane. Have you ever wanted to go skydiving, Jeremiah? Uh, no. Not at all. I do not ever want to even know. <laughs> I could tell you a story about my my event, but it'll too long. His well, one. how about how about this, Jeremiah? If you get a, a million subscribers on Skiba News today, w would you be willing to go skydiving? Yes. If we get 
a million subscribers, I will go skydiving. And a million subs. Yes. You guys heard it here first. Start sharing, guys. If you want to see me lose <laughs> my mind jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> it ain't fun. Oh, here's a uh, funny one I've experienced recently. Kids will call your name 100 times just so you can watch them do something like this. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bread is like the sun. It rises in the yeast and sets in the waste. <laughs> that was a good one, I think. Uh, okay, so Opa sent a whole bunch of vehicles. We're going to have a car section, but this was a motorcycle, so it was in a different segment. Uh, but uh, we're going to have a, a section where we rate a vehicle uh, based on its zombie survival scale. So one would be, uh, you know, the zombie, you know, you would never want to use this vehicle during a zombie apocalypse. And 10 would be my favorite zombie apocalypse vehicle ever. So when we do that, uh, when we look at this uh, vehicle section Opa sent over, we're going to rate our, our pictures that way. How about that? All right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, this is a crazy looking truck. I would give this probably a probably an eight out of ten for on the vehicle survival list for the you know the zombie apocalypse. An eight out of ten for me. Yeah, I give it about uh, a nine. What do you? Yeah, and a nine. Yeah, you got full you know white leather couches. <laughs> very roomy. Uh, very roomy. Yeah. Uh, here's a funny one. Uh, Amish high score, 33 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I rate uh, that at zero. Right next to his speed trap sign. All right. Meanwhile, in Texas. Well, if it, if, it shoot, if it shoots, that's house. a 10 for sure. We love oh, our yeah, barbecue. Sure. We shoot. love our barbecue. Yeah. These Texas memes, uh, I can only relate because we've you know, visited you guys down there a few times so uh right lane closed for no apparent reason man you yes. guys are always working on roads yep here's a phone booth in 1992 and here's a phone booth in 2022 or, yep you know 2024 now but i keep getting the year wrong man i know right my life matters a lot of people on welfare counting on me <laughs> uh all right, uh, how to woo a lady? Step one, woo. <laughs> Is that a nature boy? No, it's Arnold. I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Woo. Woo. All right. Uh, okay, so here's Opa's uh, vehicle list. Uh, this looks like a Bucky's on wheels. That's hilarious. It is, but I feel like it'd be too easy for a zombie to climb in there and kind of hide. Yep. But I do yeah, like the have to idea. Have, like, it it, it kind of reminds me of those uh, war machine boats from that. Uh, I, I I can't remember what the movie's name was, but uh, looks like a like ferry. The, one of those boat, uh, car ferries where you it's like a big parking lot, parking garage. Yeah. Notice the flag on top. Everything. Oh, is the Bucky's. Oh, Texas flag. Everything is bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. They have right. bring the Bucky's on the road straight to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a what a, a saxophone or a steam locomotive. Saxophone. Saxophone. Well, I guess saxophone. you could entertain the zombies while you're driving. 
I mean, or this could be the vehicle you use to distract the masses. You make it blow that saxophone horn, and all the zombies chase that while you escape, right? You know, you know who I could see driving that? Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> Uh, I bet I bet you he this is the one uh, you know he's got it in his garage it's <laughs> it's actually his right mm -hmm. uh, yeah I rate this a three out of ten of safety or whatever but all right this is a uh, a classic uh, you know I'd give this maybe a you know four out of ten I feel like that glass is a little iffy I definitely give it a five point five because the that kind of car is made. Man, that's heavy metal right there. Oh, of, that is that is true. Lots of windows. Lots of windows. Yeah, but. that's yeah, lots of windows. Oh, here's a Snoopy motorcycle. Uh, you know, if you're riding into the sunset of your death, you know, maybe this is what you want to use during the apocalypse. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, oh, a uh, convertible. <laughs> this is like a one out of ten of what you want to use during the apocalypse. Well, I don't know if you're trying to shoot the zombies. You might you need a place with the open top. Yeah, uh, and, and the fenders can knock them to the side. Yeah, I say six, six for sure. <laughs> yeah, you can just as long as you're maintaining a top speed of sixty and not slowing down, you'll be all right. Yep, and you know how to uh, shoot. Okay, so. Here's like an old-fashioned truck, lowrider. That's crazy. One of my friends sent me one like that. I don't know if they really do these, but that would be awesome. The EW truck. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool, like old, old, like heuristic motorcycle concept piece. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Two shotguns strapped to my back, riding around town. Yeah. Looks like it might have set a speed record in uh, the Mojave Desert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all sandy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> look closely. This one says Project Tetanus. <laughs> I guess it's a ru rust bucket, what That's they funny. titled it. Here's a Texaco bus. Ooh, that, Man, this thing is so cool. That looks like it could, you know deflect some zombies we could use those windows for for shooting the zombies oh yeah those those windows look a little sturdier than yeah, that other one to for me. sure eight out of ten for me yeah but look at this baby man i would love i, I wish these were real b&b cool. included four bedroom That's four great. bedroom here's a new ford f350 yeah, looks like the zombies already got to that one. Bless you. Excuse me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the the tree zombies. Okay, so it looks like they invented this vehicle uh, with a bench on the back. <laughs> That's cool. This is a real. This is a real vehicle, a real car that was produced. That's crazy. Wow. Take a seat back on here and watch the drive-in movie. Yep. We still have drive-ins out here. Do you have, have them where you are? Uh, yeah, we have them in uh, a state away. One of our subscribers is actually owns a, a couple drive-ins, I, I believe, and a theater. So if we ever want to oh, cool. go out there, they, they invited us to do whatever we want to do. 
Here's a uh, sprayed my classic truck with rust removal picture. Wow. Well, that would be like a 10 yeah, out of 10 of then for, for yeah. zombies. <laughs> for zombies. I'll give that you one just a throw 10. throw the tire at them. Give yeah. them a 10. No, if it's invisible, I mean, just oh, yeah, roll I right so. through. Uh, oh, this one, it, I was going to say this this is the setup. This is like a probably a 9 out of 10. Look at this. Like, I know, you got that's the great. front cab here. You have the house cab in the back with your supplies. The one in the back almost looks like it could be a boat, too, you know? Oh, that's so cool. Have you yeah. seen those cars that, that are actually boats, too? There's a famous video. Yeah, I have. LBJ in one of them. They're very slow, Just though. Just drive right into the water. Yep. All right. And then, uh, of course, if you want to do it in comfort. Okay, fine. I'll go camping. <laughs> yeah, that looks great. A lot of windows. Windows there, though. And there's a pool right on the top. You just can't see it. <laughs> That's cool. And, of course, the old school U.S. electric light man car. The guy who would change the light bulbs, I guess, on the street lights. That's actually pretty cool. I was going to say, they made every kind of vehicle taller than they should be, like bicycles. And, and then I was like, oh, for lights, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it, man. This is at least a, like a 5 out of 10 in terms of zombie vehicle. Like... You're so high up, they can't reach you. You just, like, you, just, you know, shoot them if they start to climb up or something. Yeah. You're high, that, sitting that, high and pretty. And an interesting thing is, that's an electric car. Yeah. Hey, that's a good point. You could, uh, you know, get some solar panels. Unlimited, unlimited travel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And finally, last meme of the day, when you finally use those extra parts... And it's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's uh, so cool. A lot of those vehicles uh, looked like they had uh, some uh, extra parts somebody put together to make them. Yeah. yeah. Very creative, though. All right. That's all the memes this week, Jeremiah. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Jake, for another great current news and memes, as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. I hope you guys enjoyed today's history segment on Charlie Manson. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as a whole. Never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. Thank you for standing alongside us as we fight for justice and continue our quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.